This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever it is you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Area, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and... What's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go we... way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's alright, good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two, heelsandaface.com. Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S, and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan, and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. 
and most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and we are brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. Check out all of their podcasts over at MLWRadio.com. Once again, that's MLWRadio.com. They have all different lineup of shows. Once again, they are absolutely free of charge anywhere you find your fine podcast. Once again, this podcast as well is absolutely free of charge. So you can find it on Lisbon. You can find it on Radio.com. You can find it on FM Player, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple iTunes, and all points in between. We talk wrestling. It's me and the Butster, my good buddy from Canada. We're going to go ahead and talk about a lot of different topics tonight. We're going to talk about, oh, I know you're probably getting sick and tired of hearing about it, the CM Punk situation. We got some latest news on that one. We're going to talk about the passing of superstar Billy Graham, uh, obviously a legend in the industry. We're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about collision. What's going on with this? Was this such a good idea or was this might uh, be a, a decision that we look back at and we say, no, this is basically turning into a thunder. So many other things to talk about. I'm sure we'll get off topic as well. But let me go ahead and introduce uh, my brother from another mother. He's from the north. It is the butt. What's going on, buddy? This is it, Mike. Another day done in the books. Here we are, Tuesday night, talking like usual. Things are good. Brother, it could always be worse, Mike. So be grateful. You're, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, when you think about everything happening in life, things could always be worse. We count our blessings. We hope life is uh, treating you well wherever you're at and wherever you're listening to this, that um, things are okay. And uh, if they're not, just remember, things will always get better. And uh, if you would like to get through some times by listening to us, then, uh, then so be it. Uh, if we can bring a little bit of laughter, a little bit of cheery and maybe distract you a little bit, then uh, that's really what this whole thing is about. All right, let's let's first talk about Nagash. This is kind of somber, but I mean it's something that it's almost as not surprising as the Scott Hall passing. And let me kind of clarify that. Like so many people have had known that Scott Hall had been so close to the brink for decades. But there was somebody else who'd really been on the brink for even much longer than that. And that is superstar Billy Graham. And unfortunately at age 79, uh, this past week, superstar Billy Graham had passed away after being put on life support by doctors. Um, Billy Graham had been somebody who had dealt with a lot of health issues over the recent years. He had a liver transplant that actually ended up buying him about another 20, 22 years. Uh, he had so many different issues with his joints. Uh, if you've seen the documentary on the, former WWE Network, if you're in Canada or other parts of the world listening, you still have that. Uh, on Peacock, I believe it's called 20 Years Too Soon, The Billy Graham Story. If you haven't gotten a chance to see that and you happen to have a little bit of time, check out that documentary. Uh, he and his wife are basically just kind of chronicling superstars' time in and out of wrestling and everything his body has gone through. And he'd gone through hepatitis and he had gone through liver issues and he had gone through so many different things. And over the years, he was always hospitalized. We'd always heard about that with Billy. And 
and unfortunately he had fallen ill recently again and uh, just couldn't make the 10 count. And the world is is less uh, for not having Billy Graham in it. But, um, Butster, I'm going to throw it to you. Um, as far as Superstar Billy Graham, what are some of your memories of when you first were introduced to Superstar? His wrestling career was before my day, obviously. Not before your day as well. I'm actually older than you. So I, I remember seeing highlights and stuff like that. I guess the thing I remember best about him is the man was cut like a Greek god. Like he was in fantastic shape. Like he, he had muscles on top of his muscles. Yeah. Right. I, I remember that. You know, we all know some of the negative stuff that him and Vince had their falling outs over and over again and whatnot. And unfortunately, I think Superstar became jaded. Uh, I remember hearing a lot of bad stuff. And I, I'm not trying to knock the man down. He, he Just look up, you know, Google him. He had a good run. He, he did a lot of his... He was a trendsetter with his look and the way he was on the mic running his mouth and stuff like that. He was he was one of the original real good, arrogant talkers. He looked like a million bucks. Um, and like you said, he was probably 20 years too soon. I think that's probably pretty accurate. Right. I mean, he came from a, correct me if I'm wrong, he came from a bodybuilding background, correct? correct. That's how he got his start. And yeah, he definitely he been involved, well. yep, in, in bodybuilding and weightlifting very heavily. And uh, he then was approached to uh, to get into wrestling. And, you know, it kind of just materialized from there. And it was really interesting because with Superstar, um, Wayne Coleman is his, his real name, but when it came to getting his name superstar Billy Graham, obviously uh, Billy Graham was a very well-known uh, evangelist in uh, the United States here. So he was very strong in his faith, and, and obviously he got the name from that. But he had been one of those guys who was in and out of the territories. And for some of you guys who are probably our age, um, in their 40s, you probably are familiar more so than the younger generation of the territories. Uh, but he was in the Minnesotas. He was uh, with the Crockett's as well. He had been in California as well. He had done the San Antonio uh, market. He'd done Florida Championship Wrestling. And then eventually he ended up moving up to New York where he worked for Vince Sr., um, which was incredible. Um, Bruno was up there as well. And... Just so many different great things. I mean, so many sellouts of Madison Square Garden. It was uh, it was tremendous. Yeah, I mean, he, he was he was what you wanted. Like he, all you had to do was look at him, and you were instantly drawn to the man. And then when you got talking, you just got drawn in a little bit more. And because he, he was a damn good wrestler. Yeah, he was very good. Right, he was. That's one thing a lot of people. Seem to forget about it. once again. Did I see him wrestle back in the day? No, but I mean, I have YouTube like everybody does. We've all seen highlights and whatnot. He could wrestle, he was no slouch. Yes, uh, as I said before, Graham's birth name was Eldridge Wayne Coleman. And once again, as I mentioned, he died this past Wednesday from organ failure and infection. Um, his innovative abilities to speak have kind of transcended wrestling as far as 
charisma and like the butt said just chiseled out of granite he was one of those guys um much like the original nature boy um he was one of those individuals who flaunted himself and and was a spectacle and wasn't just wrestling but really embodied what what vince jr ended up calling sports entertainment and here's a quote uh, his clothes were considered outlandish back then, says wrestling legend Ric Flair. He had the earrings. He had incredible interviews. And he had that body that was second to none. Superstar Billy Graham influenced a whole generation of wrestlers, including myself. Now, just to kind of give you a little bit in depth, while Graham started in the AWA and the NWA, his mostly his career was with the WWE. Now, it's really interesting because Graham defeated uh, legendary wrestler Bruno San Martino for the championship in 1977. And it was interesting because at that time, they did not really think... Bruno was wanting to step down. Bruno was wanting to not wrestle as much anymore. And he was talking to Vince Sr., if I remember the story correctly, and said, look, we need to find somebody else to carry the torch. I'm getting older. And Vince Sr. was so high on Bob Backlund. He wanted to go with the next guy, the All-American uh, all American boy, Right. But Superstar was just supposed to be a transitional champion, but he was so over in so many different markets, and especially Madison Square Garden, where it was literally sellout after sellout after sellout. Um, and then obviously he ended up dropping the belt. But Superstar Billy Graham was also influential to a guy that we all know, um, and he said this. He was decades ahead of his time, Hogan said. When I saw him, he was a bad guy. You were drawn to him like a magnet. He looked like a superhero. But when the guy put his fists up, you just want to punch him in the face. Superstar Billy Graham would drop to his knees and start begging and pleading. I modeled my Hollywood Hulk Hogan character in WCW after Superstar Billy Graham. So Ric Flair talks about him. If you remember, excuse my language here, but they, they call them the, the chicken shit heel, right? Superstar Billy Graham was one of the guys who really started that. Like he would, he would start, and we're seeing this with MJF. We're seeing this with so many different wrestlers nowadays that they might not even truly understand. Maybe they took it from a Ric Flair or a Hulk Hogan or someone else, but they originally took it from, from Superstar. So whether they realize it or not, it's that six degrees of separation where where Billy's work is, is still being seen uh, today. Um, he also had great feuds with, with Dusty Rhodes as well, and he also inspired Jesse the Body of Ventura. So a lot of you guys who may be more familiar with Jesse, once again, Butster, you and I, Jesse's career was pretty much over before we really got going in wrestling. But we know him more as a color commentator. But what did we see him? We saw the do-rags, and we saw the earrings, and we saw the feather boas. Superstar had that. Who was the other guy who had that? Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. So a lot of people will say that Hogan was was really a knockoff. Uh, Jesse was a knockoff of Superstar. Um, Hogan would also go on to make a comment and say, the first thing that connected me to Superstar was his physical aspect, Hogan said. I was eight or nine when my father started taking me to wrestling down in Tampa. Years later, uh, when I stopped playing rock and roll, my dad had retired from working construction. And I remember telling him, you took me to the wrestling matches. Now I want to take you. Uh, so he ended up going there. Uh, it was called the Fort Homer Hesley Armory. And B Superstar Billy Graham was standing on the top 
the middle turnbuckle and he was doing a double bicep and he said he just looked up at him at age nine and was just infatuated with him. Um, once again, Dusty Rhodes, you know, son of a plumber, right? The man who could talk anybody into the building. Once again, he got his talking from Superstar as well. Um, do you feel like there's anybody in wrestling today that we're going to be talking about them 30 years from now as being somebody who influenced other people that are just going to be getting into it? The Rock. Well, I mean, Is it true? Cena. Okay. Uh, Jericho, maybe? I could see that. Roman. I think mean, he's had a good run in WWE, been around a long time, been the face of the company for quite a spell. You know, I'm sure there's gonna be some people gonna come on because of him and he's kinda of developed. Don't say developed you, them, but you know what I mean? When you when you talk about those guys, what would you say? So when we talk about superstar, his mic abilities, speaking on the mic, cutting promos, cutting interviews. His attire was trend-setting, right? His body was phenomenal. Now, keep in mind, back in the 70s and in the early 80s, WWE was called the Land of the Giants. And unless you were 250 to 260 at minimum and higher, and at least six foot five or whatever, you really weren't looked at. You were Most guys had to be that big type of brooding body. Now, when you look at wrestling today, obviously we know a lot about the steroid use and PEDs and performance enhancing. And, you know, we're really starting to, to come around about what, what is good for our bodies long term. Do you think there's anybody right now with charisma or a style, if you will, that you can look at them and go, man, I tell you what, that is somebody I'm never going to forget. And I think people will be talking about them for years. Yeah, that'd be the rock for me. I know he's not wrestling anymore, but it'd be him. You gotta think he's transcended. Absolutely. A lot. He has. I mean, look at where he came from a, a CFL washout. Yes. Really. Never, and that's not a cut. It's just the fact that he didn't make it. Just didn't work right? out. Worked his way up through WWE. And he did okay for himself, to put it mildly. You know, he's had a good run. You know, I mean, he's super. He's a beyond a superstar. He's super duper star. He's huge. Um, and he's he's about the biggest name. I think, but I mean, he never had. He had a good look, as in a good physique, but he wasn't a flashy, dressing kind of guy. Um, I guess Jericho. He's had some looks over the years. Never nothing crazy flashy, but he's been. You know, fairly flashy, and now he's doing the leather jacket, biker jacket with the bat and stuff like that. So that's an interesting look. Um, that's really about it that I'm coming up with right now off the top of my head. What do you think? And, and it's funny you mention that because I'm thinking, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, who else would I say has... I guess the word pizzazz is a word that comes to mind, and maybe that's not really a good word. But like the dress, the way they walk, the way they talk, I think somebody right now who could definitely be that and has the potential to become that is Ricky Starks. 
I think Ricky Starks definitely as a as a younger up and comer could definitely be that type of person that younger talent look at to model themselves from. Great lean physique, um, great on the promo, great on the mic. When Ricky finally put his foot down and said, "Enough is enough. I'm tired of being the rampage guy, the guy that you know everyone is, um, you know, we're, we're I'm jobbing to everyone." You really see you saw him take off. Mm-hmm. And and now looking where he where he's at right now is it, tremendous. But I think wherever you look, you can see uh, superstars' fingerprints. And I think you're going to be able. Well, I mean, clearly in the pro sports, Ric Flair's fingerprints are on everything. And it's just like there's that lineage, right? He was he wasn't the only nature boy. There was three or four nature boys before him, but Ric Flair did things differently. Um, there's just people that you'll never forget. And they will always be associated with, you know, a memory of something. But superstar, great guy. Um, his wife had been with him. Literally, I found this out. They were together since like uh, before high school with dating. And now they're in their 70s. And it's like they've basically spent their entire life together. It's um, it's incredible. I know, and I don't know this guy very well, but I know Hannibal in Canada uh, for better or for worse, if people like him or not, I do know that he, um, I believe, had a pretty close relationship with Superstar. He did a lot of interviews with Superstar over the years. But um, and you're right, he had that falling out with WWE. Um, you know, WWE wanted to bring him back, couldn't wrestle at one point. Then they had him be a manager, and and that didn't quite work out because Billy couldn't get around. And then they put him in the commentators booth. If you remember that. The biggest one was SummerSlam '88 when he had that really unique shirt on, and it's uh, you, you think about the things about Billy, and then you you mentioned it before he got jaded, I think, with wrestling, and I think he was upset more so with himself, and he was upset that man, maybe I did overindulge in certain things and put my body in situations, and you know, lawsuits against Vince, and they didn't end up working out, and I think he went on. Phil Donahue, who um, was a big talk show host here in the in the states during the '80s, but in the documentary you end up seeing um, he makes up with Vince and he made peace with Vince and he went to the Hall of Fame and man, it's just it was neat to see something come full circle and uh, rest in peace, superstar. You have done more than I think he'll ever understand and ever comprehend, but uh, his memory is is definitely uh, etched in all of our hearts and all of our minds who people who love wrestling. So very, very sad day, but I will say he's at peace now. He's transitioned into the next life and he's in no pain right now. And, and uh, we'll be seeing him down the road. Indeed. Um, Want to kind of talk a little bit about all of this nonsense is basically or fooey, as the butt would say on the show. So let's talk a little about CM Punk, and I promise I'm not going to make this segment too terribly long. But for all of you who are wondering, so for the hardcore wrestling fans, they understand that you know TV right deals are a big, big deal right now, TV rights. So what basically happens is the way a wrestling company ends up getting money to be able to be sustainable is through their, their rights deals, the television channel that they're on. And when their their deal comes up, depending on how they've done, 
their report card. Uh, they end up determining if they want to renew them, and if they do want to renew them, how much money they're willing to give them. Well, AEW recently had their what they call their upfronts, which happened at Madison Square Garden. And they announced a brand new show called Collision. And I don't think it's a big surprise. There's been that speculation of Collision for months now, right? The Saturday show. Well, where all the craziness comes into play is Tony Khan had been uh, working with CM Punk to try to fix things. And he wanted to bring him back. And I know we've talked about this before. Chris Jericho, FTR. And I'm trying to think somebody else was a part of that meeting as well. Um, sat down with Punk and said, hey, you know, let's let's clear the air here. What's going on? And Jericho even said, you know what? I'd be willing to, to give him one more shot. And keep in mind, this is after he had gone on Instagram and run Tony Khan in the ground and, you know, called Jericho a stooge and all this other kind of stuff. They were still willing to let bygones be bygones. Well, they announced the show and Punk was, uh, all the plans were made. Uh, the, the network was aware that he was going to be a part of it. That was a big thing because it's going to be a Saturday night show. They realized it's going to be tough to get people in. Therefore, we need a big name. Let's bring Phil back into the mix. A lot of the roster, from what I'm reading right now, Butster, are still very, very skeptical. Um, not comfortable. Not not everyone's willing to go on record, but a lot of people don't feel comfortable. But what ended up happening was but, um, Punk ended up saying, here's the deal. Um, I'll do this collision thing on the pretense that you end up hiring a steal back to the company as a producer. Now, for all of you who might not be familiar with Ace Steel, he trained CM Punk, he wrestled with CM Punk, and he also was the guy who allegedly threw a chair and bit Kenny Omega in the big brawl, and he was immediately fired. Well, depending on who you want to believe, Ace Steel was brought back into the fold. He was going to work on Collision. Punk said Punk was happy. However, Tony ended up deciding that he can stay with the company, but he's going to work remotely. He will not be backstage in person. Well, Punk gets wind of this and ends up having a war of words. At the last minute, the network finds out about all this stuff, pulls his face off all the promotional materials, does not mention his name in the press release whatsoever, and we're kind of at this point as of right now. Can this be fixed? Can this not be fixed? What is going to happen? Is the show dead in the water before it even gets started? But, sir, I know where you where you stand on this, but I, I just, I guess I'm just, I'm confused. I mean, I get standing up for a, a friend, but after what he did, I mean, don't you think that Ace has to kind of, you know, handle his own affairs? I mean, he, he allegedly, and we saw the marks on Kenny's body, bit Kenny Omega. Do you think this is something that's worth not coming back to the company for if Ace can't physically be there? Okay. So let me a couple things here. Let me let me adjust myself on my chair. I might lose my mind here. Okay. First things first. Yes. Why the hell did he bite somebody? Is it is it four year olds on the playground? It's a great question. That makes I've never heard of anyone getting into a fight and biting actually happening. So that's one question. He looks half psycho in his pictures. Apparently, he has been back for months. 
Yes. Now, how does he? How do you work remotely? I, I, I don't get like. I know how you work remotely. I don't mean that, but how do you work in the wrestling world remotely? Like, what's he doing? I guess what would happen is the matches that he was agenting, he would either virtually through you know iPhone or Skype or Zoom or whatever would work with the talents and say, hey, how do we want to put this match together? So he would still be the the brain trust, if you will, but he just was not going to be backstage physically because Tony Khan said that enough people came up to him. Once again, this is what's reported uh, and said we would not feel comfortable if he was backstage with us. So Tony Khan decided we'll keep you employed. You can work on collision. Punk can be the guy you work with, but you're not physically allowed to be on premise at work. That's dumb. If you can't go to work because you don't get along, you probably shouldn't be working there no more. It's I hard agree. for you to kick stones down the road. Yes. And that's not just in the sports entertainment world. That's at work for you tomorrow. That'll work for me tomorrow. If you can't get along with nobody, that just ain't going to fly. No. So that's that. I mean, for Punk to pitch a fit, are you shocked? Are you no, surprised he, he would? He would draw a line in the sand like, no, if I can't get my way, the hell with it. It's par for Any, the course. Anybody that thinks that that's a surprise or, or anything else is probably a moron. Like, this is punk. This, this is what he's done. He's done it numerous times now. He does not play well with others. If he's not getting his way, he pictures a Jesus big hissy fit like a, a damn man child. And this is another prime example of it. I get it. Listen, you're always going to pick up for your friends. That's the way it is. You, and you should pick up for your friends. To a point. If you're somebody like FTR, and I love FTR, you know that. But if they're going to keep picking up for Punk, boys, you're not a good judge of character. Because he's an yeah. ass clown. Yeah, and I agree. I just don't get, at what point do you get to and say, listen, punk, you're very talented. You are popular. You are, you are over. People want to see you. But you are a twat waffle. You don't get along with anybody. Give up your shit. You, know, like you have to, Mike. You got to just move along. So what's going to happen? They bring him back for a collision. So you got me riled up now. They bring him back for a collision. On two, on Saturday nights. Yes. So you had to create a show for him. Basically, it's the gist of it. It is. It's creating a show, a brand new show, and we're going to put you and the people that are willing to work with you on one show, and everyone who doesn't want to work with you, we're going to put them over here. That's well, not. So he's, so he's a big deal. He's a bigger deal than everybody else. Everybody else should just go fuck themselves. But see, that's the. I agree with you 100%. That's why it basically is a big slap in the face to everyone else. It's like, well, you know what? You're not really a team player. You don't really work well with others. But you do draw money. Therefore, despite your character or character flaws, because you draw money, we're willing to put up with your bullshit. That's what basically is, is what Tony's saying. And my thought process is, Who's running the ship here? Who is the person who's driving it? It's definitely not Tony Khan. He's not being the, the type of boss who says, get it together or get the hell out. 
because I think he's worried that, guess what? I got a guy right here who can draw money. He can sell tickets. And that's what we need right now. So d- despite what he may bring baggage-wise to the conversation, his value outweighs the negativity. And I'd love to ask just the, the average person and say, do you think the positives outweigh the negatives? And some people have actually told me absolutely yes. And I literally cannot understand how they rationalize that. I don't get that. Yeah, he's he's going to sell some tickets for you. I mean, you're going to both agree on that. He will sell tickets. He will sell tickets. He'll move merchandise. I agree. But, Jesus, if he's just going to tear apart your locker room and, and just be an overall pain in the ass, is he going to sell enough, make enough money for, for Tony and AEW to justify being that much of a pain in the ass? No way. I don't know. You'll put up with a certain amount. Now, that's any workplace. A manager, owner, whatever, will put up with a certain amount of bullshit from an employee after making them money. But there's a point. If you're just a complete pain in everybody's ass and you don't get along and you can't work with nobody and you're just a miserable prick to be around, at a certain point, you'll be like, Jesus, we just can't do this anymore. We cannot do it. Yes, you're a good employee from that standpoint. You're making us money. But you're just a pain. At a certain point, you, you can't. Because what's that doing with, with morale for the company? Not good. So now you're going to have, okay, so CM Punk's back. Tony's making some money, which is fantastic. Okay. No, he's over to Saturday nights. Him and his buddies. Perfect. They're they did long well, you know, whatever. They got their little racket going. Fantastic. An extra show. I don't know who else going to watch it. There's only so many hours in a week. It's another True conversation that. we've had umpteen times. Mm-hmm. But, okay, they have Saturday. They do good numbers. They're drawing. They're doing well. They're making money. But what does that tell everybody else? So can Hangman go in and pitch Jesus Big Fit? And is Tony going to give him a show? Hangman Page pretty important. Right? Hangman is very important. Right? Can can Mox do it? Can like where, where's your cutoff? If um, I don't know, the Ass Boys if they pitch a Jesus Big Fit, are they gonna get their own show? No. Johnny Hungy? No. Not gonna happen. I love Johnny Hungy, but to respect, all right. Uh, Give impact a call. I don't know what to tell you. Back to the Indies. That's what's going to happen. So and so then those employees are going to have resentment. They're going to understand to a certain extent. Listen, yeah, Punk's a bigger deal than I am. That's fair. But you're going to have resentment. Is he that much of a bigger deal than Hangman? I don't know. Is he a bigger deal than Mox? Nope. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, that's my opinion. You know, can the acclaim pull this? They're pretty popular. Right? They're moving a ton of merch. Mm-hmm. It's just, what does that tell everybody, right? And I don't know if he's worth it in the long run. Yeah, a short-term answer, you have him not his own show. 
but you have them come back for a little feud. You have them do like a one-off here, a one-off there. All right, we can put up your bullshit a little bit that way, but to have them on TV every week and you're creating your own show for them, like what's that cost? I know. Your production value, you're going to have to hire more talent. God knows they've only got 804 wrestlers on the roster, so you well, better go get a couple more. But I, I also think that... I also think the created collision, and, and so this is what what's also been been floating around. Whether or not this is what they're saying, now I don't know if this is in retaliation or this is to try to, you know, put up a put a stop to some of the rumors that collision would have happened regardless if Punk was involved or not. That's what uh, Warner Brothers Discovery was saying that that the show was going to happen whether or not he was involved. Um, that Tony Khan had realized that there was so much talent on the roster that there was not enough time for everyone that they wanted to do dynamite rampage and collision and do not necessarily a brand split, but dividing the roster. I guess it is a split dividing the roster. So people could have more TV time to develop their characters and, and to get themselves over in addition to doing uh, some house shows. Keep in mind, when AEW does house shows, it's still limited. They're not doing a lot of house shows. No. Um, but they did think that Punk would be a good selling point, and, and bringing him in would be really good. In fact, one of the promotional posters originally had he and Samoa Joe on there, and it was originally discussed of who could work with, with Punk. And Joe said he'd be willing to work with Punk. So that was supposed to be a a few that was supposed to be starting back up again, but not to cut you off, but, uh, no, no, not at all. I don't know. I don't, I just see it as a bad move for the company as a whole. But do you, do you think that, that AEW has reached their, their, their peak as far as they're very niche. Okay. The difference between WWE and AEW and, and tell me if you agree or disagree, WWE has a lot of crossover, appeal um obviously their stars have gone into movies into tv and they bring other stars in aew what what they said they were originally created to be was the anti-wwe or an alternative to wwe but i feel like they've they've gone the opposite direction they've they've tried to be too much like wwe in some ways and yeah every week they get for for dynamite they get 800,000, 900,000, but you never like, that's their ceiling right there. And that's been that way for a couple of years now. So they got their little niche of the market right here, but there's no, there's no flexing. There's no growing. And I don't really know what you do if you're AEW because CM Punk is definitely not the answer. So, I don't really know what they do because if you look at Collision, it's going to be on a Saturday night, and, and this has been talked about on many podcasts. UFC has their pay-per-views on Saturday nights. Boxing has their pay-per-views on Saturday nights. WWE has pay-per-views on Saturday nights. Um, a lot of sports happen, especially in the summertime on Saturday nights. Hockey night in Canada? Absolutely. Other That's countries. I feel like we get so consumed with USA. What happens in the America? 
And we don't realize there's other countries out there that do other things. Their culture is completely different than us. And sports are bigger. And certain sports are bigger in other countries. Wrestling is not always... It, I feel like too many times with wrestling fans in America, it's seen through the American eye, which I don't necessarily know if that's the best way to look at things. You don't even get Rampage in Canada. Is that correct? Nope. Not that so, I know. I've never found it. So they don't carry Rampage in Canada. I'm questioning whether or not they'll carry Collision. It'd be nice if they did. But then again, the conversation we've had umpteen times on air and off air. How much time do you have, Mike? Uh, absolutely. Even if it is carried in Canada. I mean, uh, you're it's right. I mean, how many hours of wrestling is, is the average person going to watch? Well, it's not just that, but it's it's Saturday night. So in, in my house here, Linda and I have both worked all week. Neither one of us works Sundays. That's that's our day to spend together and to run errands and, you know, do household stuff and We'll spend some time with it, but generally on a Saturday night, you know, we're home, we're, we're watching TV together because it's been all week. You know, I mean, we're working class people. Even when we get off work, there's still stuff to do. You got stuff Very to true. do around the house. Yep. Linda being a teacher, you know, yourself, Mike, there's always something to do. Yeah. You know, papers to do, programming to do, whatever. Lesson plans, all that stuff. Right? And then you have me in my wood shop most evenings. Right, so come Saturday night, that's our time to spend together. No, that's just our household here. Everybody's different, right? I mean, I'm not, no, I'm not going to sit down and watch wrestling Saturday night. There's this very small chance it's going to happen. Because if I do, like tomorrow night, I'll put on Dynamite. Well, then that doesn't watch it with me. Or she goes in one of the other rooms, either that or she is in the living room with me. No, she's playing on her iPad or playing on her phone or reading her book or something. No, I'm not doing that Saturday night. She'll kill me. <laughs> That's just not going to end well. She's going to have my head. And I probably shouldn't say this verbally, but I deep and I end up watching it like the night after or the day after. Or, you know, some people have children. kid thing uh your time really isn't your time it, it's really divided amongst feedings and changings and and making memories and, and enjoying in the moment but you're right who's going to sit down and do it i think the dvr uh numbers would be high but the actual tuning in probably won't be all that great and it also surprises me because think about it if you were going to create a third show, this would tell me, man, show one is awesome. Show two is awesome. We, oh, there's a clamor for more. Well, show one is not, you know, raking in all the numbers. Show two is not raking in all the numbers. So we're just going to add a third one. And I get it for giving more people airtime, but I'm just wondering, are they putting too much out there to where the enjoyment it's it's watered down Does that make sense it's like all oh, more AEW stuff instead of oh man i really gotta tune in to see this there yeah that, that variable could be great point but you also think maybe they're doing it by okay we're not getting huge numbers on dynamite or rampage dynamite numbers are okay i'm not sure what rampage numbers are to be quite honest with you 
so to to appease our our um, advertisers and and whatnot, if we run a third show, that gets them a little more advertising time, gets a little more wrestling time. You know, you you're generating, you know, your numbers, but you gotta do three shows to do it versus WWE, for example. Just probably pulling off those numbers Monday night alone. So maybe that's the thought process behind it. And is you're definitely going to get other talent, some more screen time because they got a big roster, man. Yeah, the roster's yeah. huge, and realistically, we see the same what thirty wrestlers every week, basically. So if that's the case, but don't get me wrong, there are thirty great wrestlers. They see pretty much every Wednesday night. But what do you got the other, I don't know, however many people? What's, what's the point? At, at, but it's true. Like at a certain point, if you're not going to have them on TV, okay, you can use them for house shows now that you're going to start touring around and stuff. But if I'm going to a house show and I'm paying good money for a ticket, I want to see Hangman. I want to see. The Young Bucks, or Kenny, or Miro, Eddie Kingston, hell for that matter. Uh, I don't want to just see the B talent or the C talent. That's just me. You, you, you got to give me some. Yes, some of the people you're going to see are going to be your, your lesser talent. Not that they're not talented, but you know what I mean? Not as big a names. Sure. But you still got to give me some names. Yeah, no, I agree with you. You're right. Um, so Canada is is a big wrestling country. I mean, big, huge. I mean, people love wrestling there. And AEW typically has done pretty well in, in Canada. However, AEW has stated that they're going to be doing a multi-show tour of Canada this coming summer. I'll read this to you. The company announced the second edition of The Forbidden Door will take place at the Scotiabank in Toronto, uh, Ontario, Canada, Saturday, June 25th. So um, Forbidden Door 2. That's going to be a big deal. Um, let me ask you this. Is the the Scotiabank Arena, what is that holding, roughly? Scotiabank? Scotia, uh, sorry. Um, well, they've got to be getting, if I were to guess, 18000 it's, it's a fair size arena. It's a big one. Um, then they're going to be doing two nights at the Coca-Cola Coliseum. That's a small place. Okay. Uh, then it will go to Canadian Tour Continues with Dynamite and Rampage taking place at the first Ontario Center in Hamilton. That would be small. Okay. The following week, they'll be going to Edmonton, Alberta at the Rogers Place. It's, been, it's a big hockey arena. It's, that's a big stadium. Okay. And then Wednesday, July 12th, Dynamite will air live from the, gosh, I'm going to mispronounce this, Saskatel Center in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. You got that right. It's going to be at the Bryant Center in Regina. Regina. Regina, okay. I don't know anything about that place. And then finally, they're going to be doing uh, July 15th, a uh, house rules that's going to be happening at the Saddle Dome in Calgary. It's a big arena as well. So, and from what I'm understanding right now, ticket sales are not going very well. 
because they're too damn expensive. We've had this conversation too. Yeah. Give me a break. People, you know, you're working class stiff. You can't afford these tickets. Give no. up the shit, Tony. Sell them for a reasonable price. You'll get twice as many people. You're still making money. Mm-hmm. There's just too no. much. I agree with you. I agree with you. It's just, uh, it's it's a very expensive product. And sometimes I feel like people don't feel like they're getting their, their money's worth. I mean, I hate to put it that way. Um, it's not always about getting the money's worth. Some people just don't have the money. Yeah. But when uh, the last time they were in Toronto, when I was looking at tickets. Yeah. I mean, I think for the, and that was just a, a Wednesday night show. I think when we figured it out, it would have cost me and Lynn like 1500 bucks or more for a night out. That's incredibly rude. That's just insane. I mean, I'm not paying that. That's more than my mortgage. It's just that's banana lands. Mm-hmm. But, uh, for fifteen hundred bucks, hell, we can fly to Las Vegas for four nights. For that, yeah. No offense, AEW, and I love pro wrestling, but four nights in Vegas, I'm there are a lot of fun that could be had, my friend. Yeah, and 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 it's too bad. To, I've never seen it. I want to go, but not because I mean, you get you get from Toronto to get the Scotiabank Arena. If I'm going, I mean. It's, it's about a three-hour drive from here to the Scotiabank Arena. Because that's wow. right downtown. So, yeah, I think so. I got a day off work. You got your gas up, your parking, your tickets. Probably going to go for dinner. Probably going to go for some drinks. You're going to hit the souvenir stand. No. Most likely going to spend the night. Yeah. Because the shows don't end till late. Yep. And then there's a three-hour drive back. Also, what am I getting to, getting back to Kingston at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning? I don't know. I could sooner get a hotel, to be honest with you. So that's another 250 or more for tonight. So it's it's a it's a big venture. I get it. Yeah, they're in Toronto. There's, I don't know how many million people live in Toronto. But there's more than just Toronto. And Hamilton's yeah. further away again. Yeah, no, it, you're right. So, I don't know. I mean, it's going to happen sooner or later. I'm going to go. But, you know, you got to save for that type of thing. Amen. Um, speaking of AEW, um, I want to mention a couple other things here because they got a big dynamite that's going to be coming up this coming Wednesday. But let's talk about, before we talk about dynamite, let's talk about the, the double or nothing pay-per-view that's going to be coming up. Want to get your take on this? So, like, let's say ticket prices were what they are. Just to let, let's just say they're the same price. So, it's going to be May twenty eighth, twenty twenty three, and this is going to be happening in Paradise, Nevada, at the T Mobile Arena. Um, I want to ask you on a scale one to five, how interested are you in these matches? You ready? Yep. Uh, Adam Cole, Chris Jericho storyline. How invested and how excited are you about that one? Cole and Jericho, oh, it's, that's a five for me. Okay. Five is the high end, I assume we're going. Five right. is the highest, correct. Oh, yeah, I'm going five. Oh, damn near Jericho, anything's a five for me. So. Um, Ethan Page and Austin and Colton Gunn versus the Hardys uh, and Isaiah Cassidy. Six man. So Ooh. Ethan Page and Austin and Colton Gunn on one side. Matt and Jeff Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy on the other side. A six-man tag match. 
About a two, really. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Jade Cargill versus Taya Valkyrie for the TBS Championship. Three, two, three. Okay. Not a big um, I can respect that. I'm just not really quite sure what the whole concept of this Jade Cargill being undefeated, you know, 99,000 and 0. I mean, at some point they're going to have to, and I know they're trying to do the Roman thing with her, you know, make her like she's this impressive champion that who's going to beat her. Taya Valkyrie's damn good. I mean, Taya Fantastic. is. God, she's so good. And like, it's almost got to make you mash your teeth together. Like, really? Like, Taya could be your champion. She could be carrying that belt. She could be putting on just awesome matches. And nothing against Jade, but I don't know. I mean, there's so many other women who I feel like are much more over and more talented than, than Jade Cargill. But I wonder if they're waiting for people to come back, meaning are you waiting for a Serena Deeb? Are you waiting for a Chris Statlander to come back? Because if you remember, they were saying that the TBS championship was really supposed to be intended for the first champion to be Chris Statlander. That's and right. obviously she ended up getting injured, so that ended up... Uh, not really happening, but um, do you see them taking the belt off of uh, Jade here, or you think they're still going to keep it on her? Uh, they'll keep it on her. I, I wish they would. So Jade's match comes on, Mike. So you're tomorrow night. You're, you're sitting down. You know you're going you're to watch Dynamite. I don't know if she's wrestling tomorrow night or not. Hypothetically, her match comes on. You excited? I'm not excited. No. You're going to watch it. I'll watch it, you know, but I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, I have to, if I happen to get up to do something else, I'm not going to, like, stop myself from getting up, no. And that's the problem. She's your champion, and you're a, a diehard AEW fan. And if you're like, eh, you know what, now's a great time to use the washroom and make a sandwich. Amen. It sounds bad, but it does. it's true, though. But but there, there's nothing that she does that makes me say, I need to stop the clicker. There's nothing. There is nothing unique about her that says, I shouldn't change that channel. I mean, the whole cut, let's cut the shit, Tony. I'm done with that. That's so old and it's so played out. And it's just. Yep. She's not evolving, in my opinion. So. And really, um, the only reason I say two or three on that is because of. Valkyrie. Yeah. If if it wasn't if it was a lot of other talent, I would say one. One and a half. Like I just don't care. I don't care when Jay Cargo match is on. I couldn't care less. What about Anarchy in the Arena? This is gonna be the Blackpool Combat Club, which is Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Huda versus we just saw the reformation of the elite completely. This past week on Dynamite, Kenny Omega, Nick, and Matt Jackson. And finally, he's back in the fold, everybody. Hangman Adam Page. Five. Straight up five. I Dude, I'm so jacked about that. this. This is going to be so much be fun. fun. Yeah. If that match isn't entertaining, something bad has happened. Like something's gone right off the rails. Yeah. I don't know how you can screw that up. Um. Okay, here's another perfect example. Here's two women. I absolutely must see their match. Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. Jamie Hayter, first of all, we talked about her many times. Organically, she's gotten over big time. But I do feel like they missed the opportunity when she was white hot to have her feud with Britt Baker. They turned them babyface the minute they had the Outcasts faction happen. 
and it was just like, oh my god, I wonder if they're going to circling back around to Britt being the heel, being jealous of Jamie, and then trying to play that thing out. But Jamie Hater, Tony Storm, scale one to five. Uh, would you stop and watch this match? Yeah, four. Amen. Guaranteed I would too. That, that's going to be a good match. That's going to be a damn good match. Now. This one is going to be interesting. It's going to be called a 21-man blackjack battle royal for the AEW International Championships. Orange Cassidy uh, said that he is willing to defend his championship at Double or Nothing. And they go to a commercial. They come back from commercial. Renee says, well, 20 people actually went to Tony Khan's uh, office and said that they would like to be a part of it. So here are just a few of them. Aaron Solo, Powerhouse Hobbs, QT Marshall, and evidently 17 other people are going to be vying for this in a 21-man blackjack battle royal. What's your thoughts on this, and why can't we give Orange Cassidy a a one-on-one match with somebody? Uh, I like battle royals, so I'm going to watch it. I I really enjoy battle royals. Five, that's five for me, because no one's going to miss that. Okay. I would like to see a one-on-one match for him for sure. But I'll throw a question out to you, Mike, if you don't mind. Sure. Is it time to move on from him having the belt? I think it is. I believe it is. I think it's time. His gimmick is, I mean, great wrestler, great talent, amazing athlete. I'm not saying nothing bad that way. I would sooner see it on somebody a little more more serious, I guess. Uh, Like, you know, he does that, that little kick to the shin. Like, you know, to... He puts his hand in his pockets and he's doing kip ups and stuff. Yeah, that's you're a special kind of talent to do that. Oh, I agree completely. I just I, his gimmick is getting a little tired for me. I, and I and I see your point to that because I think a lot of people in in who are you know if you're listening to this, please let us know if you agree with this. When it comes to a champion, you almost want to have somebody who's that like. That fiery champion, that fi- that fighter, almost frothing at the mouth, you know, ready to take on all comers and all that kind of thing. And he's very much the exact opposite of that. But I think that there's so many other people that I think could benefit. Like he's over; he doesn't need a belt, you know. And, and a lot of people say, "Is it the person who makes the belt, or is it the belt that makes the person?" It depends on the situation. But in this case, he's already over. He does not need a championship. There's so many other people who could benefit from having that championship. They could put that on Miro, and I think that would be amazing. Um, I think Powerhouse Hobbs should be very much in the, the, a championship uh, contender situation. I think Ricky Starks, if he's not in the championship contender for AEW World Champion, he should be in that category as well. I love Pac. I don't know what the hell's going on with with that. From what I understand, he lives over in the UK, and for him to keep coming back and forth is is a cost thing, and he might not want to come over all the time. It is, but I mean, a Juice Robinson, or you know, when you have, um, oh my God, Switch uh, Switchblade Jay White, you you can have so many people vying for this title, and it could be like so different, but yet they keep it on. Mr. Cool Hand Luke, and I'm with you. It was cool. It was fun, but it's it's time to turn the page. Yeah, and it's not that he's not fun, or it's just it's run. In my opinion, it's run its course. It's it'd be nice to see someone else get it. He'll still be relevant. Oh, yeah. It's not like 
all of a sudden uh, Orange Cassidy loses to Belt. Well, he's a bum, and we never see him again. And nobody gives a damn. That's not going to happen. Not going to happen. So, um, this kind of and, and and I like what you're saying there. Let me ask you this question. We've talked about this topic as well. How long do you keep somebody typically as a champion? I mean, obviously, you know that answer is is very wide open for interpretation. As long as somebody's getting over and people are paying tickets and whatever, you 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 want to milk that. But let's just say in general, because because wrestling fans, we know this. Wrestling fans can be fickle. We like excitement. We like things changing sometimes. Do you think for the average wrestler, a year is pretty good? I think that's pretty damn good for a title run. In today's stage, yeah, a year. How long has he been champion, though? That is a great question. I have to look that up here. Um, I was like 21 and over, 22 and over, something like that. I see him advertised as. Let's see here. Let's see. Let me look this up. <laughs> like hold music here. All right, let's see if I have any of this. And did he win the championship? I was looking in my notes to see if I have one. Um, okay. Okay. I don't have it. I thought I had it, but I don't. Oh if you God. can somehow find it. Okay. Um, let me move on to the next match, which I think is, is interesting. because Interesting because I'm not really quite sure why it's happening. That's what I mean. So you got Wardlow who is now being managed by Arn Anderson. He's going against Christian Cage with Luchasaurus as uh, his second. Here's my thoughts on this. I think one of two things is going to happen in this match. Now, as far as what am I interested in this, I haven't really given my interest levels. I'm about a two and a half on this one. I personally think Luchasaurus is going to screw Wardlow out of the championship. Christian's going to get the championship. And you're going to see a Luchasaurus versus Wardlow feud start. And ultimately, I think what you're going to end up seeing is you're going to see a Christian Cage Luchasaurus feud happen where Luchasaurus ends up getting the TNT championship and then a reformation with Jungle Boy. I think that's kind of where I think they would go logically with all of this. But, folks, it is a ladder match. Okay. Christian had been retired for a long time because of issues. Uh, I don't know if it was spinal stenosis. I don't know if it was his neck, per se. But he had a lot of injuries. And he actually openly admitted it was because of his just the pounding his body took from being in those types of matches. And now we're going to take a Christian Cage and we're going to put him against Wardlow in a ladder match? Like, I'm a little confused with that concept because, first of all, Wardlow doesn't really seem to be a ladder match kind of guy. And Christian is, but I also feel like Christian is... He's, he's, he's 49 years old. He'll turn 50 in November. Do we really think that this is the best idea to have a 50-year-old going up against a younger guy in his, his mid-20s for a TNT championship? If the whole goal, I get it, is to sell tickets. But should it also be to, to push the next generation 
move the next generation, have the veterans have good matches, good feuds, but ultimately put the younger guys over. That's that's my thought right there. Um, so I am not really interested in this um, for the simple fact that I just I don't like the idea. I think they they really messed around with the TNT Championship too much. They played hot potato with it. Wardlow had it, then didn't have it, then Hobbs had it, then Wardlow had it again, and prior to that, Cody had it. Then when Cody didn't have it, uh, Sammy Guevara had it, and then Scorpio Sky had it twice. And it was just one of those deals where we need to have somebody who's going to be a definitive champion, much like what they're doing with Max. You need to have somebody. like That, that championship needs to mean something. And unfortunately, right now, I don't really feel like it means a whole heck of a lot. So that's my thoughts on on this ladder match. Love to let you, love to let uh, you to tell me. Yeah, I can't talk. What your thoughts are on that match as well? If you're excited about it or not, check back in with the butt here, Butster. How long has uh, Cassidy had the belt? So Cassidy, he won the belt when it was the All Atlantic Championship. Yes, but then they renamed it. Correct. So he won it October twelfth of twenty twenty two in Toronto. Okay. Uh, he held the belt for 154 days, and then on March 15th of 23, it got renamed to the International Championships. I mean, he's had it since nearly 200 and some odd days, maybe. So since October 12th, so he's, he's yeah. had it quite a while. Yes. So that's it's not it's a bad time. run. It's a good run. It's and he's had great matches. Um, it, it, I always think that, you know, whenever they tease an injury with a wrestler, it, it gives me the in, the thought process of maybe they're going to exploit this injury and that may lead to a title change. And they've, they've really been selling this hand injury with Orange Cassidy. And I always thought that was going to come into play and ultimately will be what costs him the match. But so far it hasn't cost him the match of the championship. But we'll see. Here's, here's the way that, that Cassidy can save face and AEW can He's not going to get pinned in a battle royal. So, once again, if he doesn't win the battle royal, he could get screwed out of the championship. His feet don't hit the floor, whatever happens, some type of schmoz. But he would have a legitimate beef with whoever did that to him, and then therefore that could start his next feud, while obviously the person who wins the battle royal will will move on and and have their, their first reign. Who do you give it to? I don't know who these other 17 people are. First of all, I wouldn't be putting on QT Marshall, and, and I can't stand that QTV crap they put on there. I don't like that. I'm not a fan of Aaron Solo. I do like Powerhouse Hobbs. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't mind Powerhouse Hobbs, but I'd like to know who else is in the mix for it. Well, you're going to see Butcher and the Blade will be in there. They're not going to. I think they're filler. They're yeah, not going to be They're going to be in there. Um, I could see um like a Sean Spears. Mm-hmm. Oh, that. I like Sean Spears. I like Sean Spears. I wouldn't right. I wouldn't be upset with a Sean Spears. I mean he'll be in there. Um will, will Roderick they, Strong be in there? Should be. Why not? They're probably not gonna do anything else with him on that night. Yeah. Uh Ray Phoenix and and um in, in Penta. What's wrong with me? Penta, yeah. Well, no aren't they the Ring of Honor Tag Champions right now? Oh, that's that's right. That is right. Yeah, they've got their match because um, what's his name just won? 
Yeah. Good job. But you're, all right, again. You're, you're killing me with specifics here. <laughs> I have a brain fart here, Mike. That's what my mom, listen, growing up, my mom would say this to me. She'd say, oh, I just ran into such and such. And she said she talked to whatchamacallit about the thing. And she said you knew all about that because um, what's her doodle said something about that. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And here's the sad part. I knew exactly what the hell she was saying. Yeah. Well, help me out here. Who, who did Phoenix lose to last week? Who did Ray Phoenix lose to? Yeah. Oh, uh, let's see here. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, why are you doing this to me? Oh, um, she just did it to me. Okay, hold on. Because there's a clause in it that they have that they have the Ring of Honor match now. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Now, uh, was it Cla- Claudio? Claudio, there you go, yes. See? I'm not right out to lunch. Yeah. I have my moments, but. Right. So, yeah, so they probably won't be in there. Now with yeah. that. So, I was trying to think of who else. They had a huge roster. Why can't I think anybody's going to be in this match? That's a good one. I do not know. No, maybe uh, Pillman Jr. He's still kicking around, so he'll, he'll be in there, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Here, speaking of um, things that I don't really agree with, but I, I, I guess I get it for the sake of the fact that it's the pay-per-view. Jungle Boy defeating Roosh. That, in my opinion, is like, no. Jungle Boy is nowhere near the level of Roosh. I mean, it's just, it's not even it's not even believable. But what are they going to do? They're going to go that route. So that kind well, of they're not going to have a Roosh go over Jungle Boy leading up to well, double or nothing. Like they can't do that. Correct. They're not going to do that. But I'm just saying, I, if you were to say Roosh versus Jungle Boy, I would definitely go. And obviously, you're probably thinking, well, yeah, they're going to be pushing Jungle Boy. He's a homegrown guy. But as far as Roosh, Roosh is good. Like I have seen so many of his matches um, in AAA, and I've seen a lot of different matches that he had, obviously in AEW as well. And uh, I think he would be a perfect guy um, to to really, really get behind and push. But once again, they're doing this pillar thing, so it is what it is, I guess. Yep. Um. Oh shoot! What was I saying about double or nothing? All right, let's move back on. Uh, um. What What do you think? Do you, Do you think? You think there's going to be some? Arn Anderson's going to be involved. What do you think? Yeah, Arn will be involved. Why Why wouldn't they involve him? They're They're teasing it. They're having kind of come in. They'll be used to it to an extent. I mean, there's only so much Arn can do at this point. But they he's still like, have him in there somewhere. He's like a Clint Eastwood in a way. You know what I mean? He's just that little finger, that little. Yeah. I don't get that. Whenever he does it, that makes me think of Gran Torino. Did you ever see that movie? Great movie. Yeah. Um, oh, here's a match that I definitely am not interested in for multiple reasons. And I talked about this on Twitter. Um, FTR, which is Dax and Cash. I, I like him a lot. But they're going to be putting the titles up against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal with Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh at ringside. 
I'm done with Jeff Jarrett. I'm done. If Jay Lethal wants to tag up with somebody else, I'm fine with it. But I'm done with Jeff Jarrett. And Satnam Singh, for the love of all that's holy, do something with him. Because he looks like a giant goof right now. He just does. He's a seven-foot, whatever the hell it is, goof. I'm sure he's a really nice guy. But there's not, like, I would take the giant Gonzalez over this guy right now. Whoa, now, now. Yes. No. Yes. I'll take the giant Gonzalez with the, the muscle suit, with the, the fur in the weird places. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that over this Satnam Singh. And that little knee slap, like, arm in the air thing that he did. Why? What? Oh, God. I, I talked about this on Twitter that if you're that big, you need to be a monster. You need to be a monster. And he's not a monster. When they showed him going out to the Briscoe's farm, he's got overalls on, he's carrying a baby, and it's just, what is this guy? He doesn't have a really unique look. Um, there's just nothing unique about this guy. I don't see fire or temper. Well, he's seven foot tall. That's kind of unique. Yeah, but he just, he's goofy looking. He just doesn't do anything. Like, if I walked up against him, I, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to shit my pants. Pretty large man. So but they're using them right. They they could do a better job of using them. Yes. And I don't get I'm not to jump on Double J. He's, he's fantastic. He's a Hall of Famer for a reason. He's had a great career. He's awesome. Why are you pushing him in your tag team title picture? Yeah. There are others that you could put there and use appropriately. Yes. You know, I mean, where's the acclaim now? They seem well, to be gone the way to Dodo Bird. They're not getting pushed where they were. Well, I think what's happening with them is, depending on who you listen to, and I like I listen to Meltzer and Brian Alvarez, and I like those two, and I know there's a lot of people who don't like them, but if I'm going to listen to anybody, I'm going to listen to them. They were mentioning that there is a belief that they're going to start pushing the three of them uh, in the trios category. Well, that wouldn't be terrible. Once again, Billy Gunn is older, but I don't mind Billy Gunn. Billy oh. Gunn is one of those guys who's interesting, and he's... Man, I'm not saying that um, Double J's not talented. He is. But it's just like, for the love of goodness, he just looks old, and I don't... And then they brought Karen Jarrett out as well, and I'm like, oh, shit. It was nice of him to bring Kurt Angle's ex-wife in. She was, you know what? She was a knockout back in the day. Was she? Oh, Karen Jarrett, Karen Angle. Oh my God, go go on YouTube and and put her in uh, her name in there. And wow, yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, so who else could they? Here's something that I really think. You told me at one point you really were high on Action Andretti, right? I think he's fantastic. But I he's think he's fantastic too. He just, he just, he's gone. He yep. beat Chris Jericho, and then it was just like, oh, that's what it's over. But what happened there? Where did that go sideways? I have no idea. I don't think he's injured. I think he's a phenomenal talent. They need to do something with him. By the way, it looks like Andrade El Idolo and uh, Miro are also going to be on collision. So uh, that's a so lot that, of name value. It is. No, they got great talent. 
Great talent. Um, you were mentioning before who else could they really push in the tag team division. I think if you're going to think about pushing people in the tag division, Butcher and Blade, I like them a lot. I just don't know what's going to be happening with that. Um, I love Top Flight, but obviously they're out of action. That's right not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Um, I wonder what they're going to ultimately do with Hook, too, because he's, he's carrying around the FTW belt, which, which means jack shit. But it's like, what else are they going to do with him? And I'm very curious because do you think they would ever put him in a, in a situation where he would be – you can't put him in the AEW World Championship conversation yet, but what about him being the international champion? Uh, I don't think not yet. Uh, could be absolutely. What about a TNT champion? No. Okay, he's not a TNT champion type of guy. Okay. No, not yet. He's getting there. He's very good. I just don't think he's champion ready yet. He will definitely get there. Um, I'm trying to think who else tag team wise. You know who I really have, have and we made our early predictions uh, earlier in what January or late December about what we thought was going to happen in, in the year 2023. And I was so sure of this. And now I feel like there might be egg on my face, but um, the two guys, uh, daddy magic, um, Matt Menard and uh, crap his his tag team partner. From Jericho Appreciation? Yes. Help me out here. Oh, goodness. Uh, why you're, am I... you're, you're the one that's better at this, Mike. Hold on. We're working on it. Okay. Hold on. It's it's 2.0. Matt Menard and... Oh, God. This is terrible. You are having a rough go. I am having a rough go. And I always go. Angelo Parker. Angelo Parker. I love them. They are legitimately great wrestlers, and they're a great tag team. And I feel like they – I think they're going to have to break up this whole Jericho Appreciation Society thing because these other guys really need a chance to shine. They don't really wrestle a whole hell of a lot. Now, they are on a lot of these uh, house shows. The house always wins or whatever, these these touring shows. But they don't typically get a whole lot of time on wrestling on AEW. And they've actually had them job out a few times to other people. I think they're a tag team that needs to be considered because they need to start pushing them because I think they're hilarious. And I think the, the audience would get behind them in a heartbeat if they ever uh, broke them up away from um, the Jericho Appreciation Society. What, what's your take on that? That's an interesting take. I never really put that much thought into breaking up the Jericho Appreciation Society. I don't think it's a bad idea, honestly. Because you can see Sammy's teetering on leaving at this point now. His membership is you know, gray area at best. So if he leaves, that's that's the beginning. He's one of the bigger stars. Obviously, it's Jericho is the name of it. But you know, Sammy's a big deal in that organization. I mean, you no. Know, um, Jake Hager. I, mean, I don't know. I'm, I never... I'm not behind Jake Hager, personally, right? You know, if Sammy leaves, uh, Ty Mello is going to leave. Uh, Anna Jay's, I think she's way better than what she was. But I agree. I she, think Anna Jay She could leave, and 
you know, pursue something. I mean, she's she's improved leaps and bounds. She can actually wrestle now. Yes, she, I agree. She wasn't real good a couple of years ago. But she, she, she was a little rough around the edges. But she's way better now. Yes. But she's made huge improvements. I agree. And she's nasty. When she, when she does it, the hardcore matches, she's laying stuff in. And she's taking it to her shoes. I like it. Um, you know, I had so many high hopes for best friends getting a chance to be tag team champions. I just don't think that's going to happen. I just, I just don't. Um, well, they're pretty much trios now with Bandito. Yeah, I also don't like the combination of putting Bandito in there. I, I think they should keep the Hispanic wrestlers w- with the other Hispanic wrestlers. I just, I don't it, it, like that. Doesn't fit. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Bandito is this high flying. Just guy who puts on amazing matches, and then you have best friends who, yeah, they're fine, but they're not to the caliber of Bandito. But I think so that's I've, the whole point. The their, whole point their is their styles to, don't necessarily match, you wouldn't expect it. I think that's kind of the deal with that. Bandito's the you know, the odd man out, we'll say. And, you know, maybe best friends will get a little bit of a rub from Bandito. But they're also pretty popular too, and Bandito's not the biggest name here. Not in the states, but once right. again, if you watch AAA, if you watch uh, wrestling from Mexico, he he definitely is. But once again, you know, maybe not all wrestling fans watch other promotions as well. So, um, gosh, I'm just I'm just curious who's going to be these 17 people um, who who's going to be in here. I mean, could could Juice Robinson be a part of this as well? Commander, he'll be in it. Commander, I, here's the thing about Commander. Let's let's talk about him for a second. I don't know how many people are, are super familiar with Commander, but I think he is talented. But God, the flips and the jumps—it's it's Cirque du Soleil. It really—that's what it is. It's a lot. It, it's just like, come on, can we can we get a wrestling hold every once in a while? I just don't feel like we're we're not getting that. It, it's all acrobatic. It's like, but they I've never him. been to the circus. He's all elite. Like he's He's actually under contract. He is under contract. Have you ever been to the circus? Yes, of course. Did they, did they ever do the the, the trap? Because, I, like I said, I never go, and, and the circus is no more in the United States. But um, the trapeze artists, right? They they swing back, and I, that's what I think of when I think of Commander. He's just a trapeze that. artist. You know how the circus in the states anymore? No, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey. Have you ever heard of them? Yep. They gown. Huh. Yeah, me and my ex-wife and her family—they're—they're they're unique, but I don't know. I don't know if you could train her to catch a fish in her mouth, but you know, when you look at these other seventeen people, I mean, Action Andretti would be a great pick. To yeah, I don't know what happened there. God, that's uh, so it weird. Does not make any sense. No, you bring him in. He puts on a great match. He goes over Jericho. Okay, we're done with you now. Bye bye. I, I don't. What, I don't was the, is he what was the point of that then? He's got to be hurt. There's there's no way it's just that piss poor writing. Oh, there's got to be. Jesus, unless they hired Vince Russo. Oh, don't say that name. That's that's about the only person who can screw that up that bad. Oh, so my God. There's got to be something to it. Yeah, you're right. There's probably something to that. And, and, and to what exactly, to what extent it is, I don't know. 
Um, and then obviously, finally, we've, we've really drawn this out long, but you got the uh, the four-way match for the EW World Championship, MJF, Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, uh, and uh, Darby Allen. Obviously, MJF is not losing this belt. Not right now. Nope. Um, I mean, you already have Forbidden Door. That's going to be coming up. You got Wembley coming up. If you're going to have him, if, if you're going to have a title change, it's going to happen at a big event. Not to say double or nothing's not big. I just don't see this being all that interesting. I think it's going to be a lot of spots. I think this is going to be a spot fest. I mean, Darby Allen's going to do spots. Jack Perry's going to do spots. Guevara is definitely going to do a bunch of spots. I MJF just don't. Doesn't. MJF he's doesn't. He's more traditional. Heel, Matt wrestler. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think one of these guys is going to, they're going to try to go crazy with all their spot fests. MJF is going to slide in put the salt of the earth on them and, and get them to tap out. He's going to let them destroy their bodies. He's going to sit back and wait. Then he's going to come in, pick the carcass and, uh, and win the match. I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, he's definitely winning. There's no two ways. About you that. are not taking the belt off him right now. Correct. No, you will he, take the belt off him, but not in this match. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, he's eventually going to lose it, but yes, not this weekend. He's not No. Away. So, so I did it all for that match, but once again, the one to five, where are you on that match? Um, You mean for the EW World Champ, the four-way match? Yeah. About three and a half. Really? That low one? Yeah. Huh. You know, the only thing that could potentially, and here, here's something, the only thing that could potentially make interesting, and I'm saying this from a booking standpoint, not from my personal what I want, if you had CM Punk in the Battle Royal. Hmm. I hope they don't do that. Just, I'm, I'm just saying, you could throw that out there. Oh, yeah, you could. But I hope not. I, really God, I, hope I don't see very much more Dan Housen. I'm sick of that crap. I don't the understand Dan Housen. The Dan Housen thing, I, dude, I don't get the shtick. I don't. I guess people like it, but the the other thing is about Danhausen is like he's a caricature. That's what he is. I get that a hundred percent. But like, would you pay money if Danhausen was going to be wrestling near you? Would I know? No, no, I'm not paying money for that. But Brandon would. Brandon, well, Brandon, Brandon, really, there's something to the Danhausen gimmick. I don't get. You probably don't get a lot of people really enjoy it. I, but I don't see good. abilities in the ring. He's like a regular guy. Yeah. Like Orange Cassidy's a regular guy, but Orange Cassidy can, can wrestle. I don't really see Dan Housen as this clown Dan Housen. Now, if he was evil and the face paint changed a little and it was sinister and he was literally like evil, I could potentially get into that. But th but this right here, I can't, I just, I don't get it. Um, I would love to have seen Daniel Garcia get a big push and it seemed like they were going to do that when they were teasing the whole sports entertainer versus wrestler thing with Brian Danielson earlier this year. And then that kind of would just went away like a fart in the wind. And now he's just like doing this weird sexual stuff and he rubs his hands on his bodies and he's got that weird patch of hair between his pecs. It's just weird. I thought he would be more. I thought he would have evolved more at this point, but it doesn't look like he has. 
Is that he didn't get booked properly, or you think he's just not evolving, or both, or what? I I think it could be a situation of maybe Tony and the powers that be, and we've we've read that you know as far as the creative goes, Sanjay Dutt's big in the the creative department. Jericho's big in the creative department. Um, this Will Washington, he was a podcaster. Now somehow he's part of creative. Um, I know Tony Schiavone throws his opinions in as well. But with Daniel Garcia, I think that the opportunity was there to really turn him into something with that whole Brian Danielson thing. And he stuck with the Jericho Appreciation Society. And it was just like everybody stopped caring. And I just, I think he can wrestle. But this whole sports entertainer, like moniker, like all this talk about sports entertainment, it needs to go away. They need to stop this. This is supposed to be wrestling with wrestlers. And Daniel Garcia has all the ability in the world. And I feel like Daniel Garcia is kind of where Ricky Starks was until Ricky Starks kind of had that moment where he broke out and grabbed the microphone and said, I'm done with this. And I think if we were to see Daniel Garcia do something like that, I think we would see Daniel Garcia take the next step up. But until he gets away from that faction... I almost feel like they put people in factions when they're not strong enough to be on their own. Does that make sense? Well, that's been the way it's been for years. That's why you, you made a faction. You'll have the one strong member, and then they're trying to get the other two, three, five, whatever it would be, over. Trying to create them a little bit more, give them some name value, some exposure. and Give them the rub. Right. So it's always been what it is. So no different. I'm just not a big. I guess I'm not a big fan of, of factions or whatnot. But it I don't gets know. tired after a while because AEW's got a lot of factions. They got a lot of factions. It's like it's almost like gang warfare. It's 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 the Dark Order. It's the Jericho Appreciation Society. It's best friends and Bandito. It is the Blackpool Combat Club. It is the elite. There's just five right there. And you got Ingobernables, uh, whatever the hell that is. Uh, there's them. And then there's House of Black. That's seven now. The elite. And then, well, I already mentioned the elite. Sorry. Death Triangle. That's eight. Yeah. Um, I'm probably a uh, Jeff Jarrett and Satnam looks like an elf with uh, Jay Lethal. That's nine. It's like, oh, for the love of shit, enough with this. Can people just be on their own? So I want to ask you this question, too. And, and once again, thanks for listening to the podcast. We do appreciate that. If you know somebody who's a wrestling fan who would enjoy a conversation listening to this, definitely let them know. Hit them up on social media. Send them the link. We appreciate that. We're always looking for new listeners to extend the family. But, sir, let's talk about um, Kanosuke Takeshita and... I think he's a great wrestler. He's a great Japanese wrestler. And he has officially signed with AEW. He was very much over in his uh, four or five appearances before Tony Khan officially made him All Elite. And then you started to see the whole Don Callis situation kind of mold into this, where he really was pushing uh, Takeshita to become a part of the Elite. And then we never really heard what Don had to say because... Obviously, the elite came out to approach Don Callis and and try to attack him at the end of Dynamite last week. But let me ask you this, uh, Takeshita, I, I think he's awesome. I think he's definitely somebody who could get an opportunity. 
what do you think about him? I mean, I know with language barriers and whatnot, you don't typically see a lot of international guys get over with the American audience, people who, especially who are not super familiar with uh, Japanese wrestling. Do you like Takeshita or are you like, eh, I don't get him? Well, he's, he's an excellent wrestler. Very good. Very good in the ring, very entertaining. Uh, yeah, the, the language thing, you're obviously going to need to put him with a mouthpiece. Uh, or or else he'll just end up 100%. Or else he just won't get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Unfortunately, because he needs to be able to talk. Yes. Right, or have somebody talk for him. No, he'll do well. I can't see why he won't do well. He puts out very good matches. Right? So... I can't see how it'll be a dud. Well, I mean, if he's not booked properly, it'll be a dud. But well, he'll, he'll do well. I'll watch him. I find him entertaining. I mean, he's he's a fair-sized man, and he moves well. Yeah, he's a big dude. I agree. Right? So, no, I, I think he'll do fantastic. Somebody else who I think does a really good job, and this person really changed their career completely after getting released by WWE and was dealing with depression and a lot of mental health issues. And he came out about these, and he was very open about it. And I think a lot of people really rallied behind him. And um, that is Big Bill in AEW. Um, he looks phenomenal every single time I see him in the ring. His, he looks like he's chiseled. He can talk on the mic. We already know that. Why are they not really using him as a more of a monster force in some ways? Because, you know, right now I feel like Big Bill is being squandered. He he's seven and nine overall in AEW, and I feel like he needs to be on his own. And I think he could be just a wrecking machine. Because I would actually okay, let me put it to you this way: I would actually take Big Bill or Morrissey, whatever you want to call him, or Big Cass over. Wardlow as a TNT champion, in my opinion, way more than I would take a Wardlow. Really? Oh my god! Oh my god! In a heartbeat, I would. Wow, that's a pretty big statement. He's so good in the ring. He can talk. He's got a look. Um, I just feel like he's got so many intangibles. I think Wardlow walks around and he's brooding, and he's this, and he's that. They missed their opportunity with Wardlow. We talked about this. They missed it. He was so on fire at one point in time. And then, gone. And now they're trying to to find, you know, lightning in a bottle a second time. And it's not going to happen. But it now, here's the whole situation. We talked about this with Jamie Heater at one point. It goes from being over organically, right, with the fans, to now they're trying to get him over by shoving him i think getting someone over should be the fans like him and we just give that little extra you know what i mean instead of just ramming them down your throat and i feel like that's what's happening right now i think wardlow is going to hold on to that belt for forever in a day i feel bad for i still feel bad for willie hobbs i feel like he got screwed three ways from sunday um that whole I, thing was a mess that that they that just got screwed up right from the word go. But how do you fuck these things up, though? Like, like honest, honest to God. Like, I know we're sitting in our living rooms, and and we're playing Booker here. But there's certain things that just make sense. And, and Tony Khan prides himself in being a huge wrestling fan, 
and that's great, but we see things here that just make way more sense in a lot of ways. But I guess somehow he sees things that we don't. So, yeah, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But I, I don't know. I, I'm sure they had a thought going when they made these decisions. It's not like it was just, hey, let's do this now. Like I'm sure there was a thought process to it. Just what, didn't quite pan out. What would you do if they brought Enzo in to team him up with Big Bill? Stop watching. He drives me nuts. Enzo drives me crazy. Who who drives you more crazy? Enzo More or, or oh yeah, Mr. Savage. Enzo. Really? Yeah. By the way, I'm not talking about Randy. Well, I know. Probably Enzo. Wow. I I I can't. I, I don't know. He drove me nuts when they when him and Big Cass were together. I oh. there's just something about his he's the type of guy you look at and you want to give him a high five in the face with a shovel. Yeah, that's pretty aggressive there, Butster. No, I have that streak in me every once in a while. It just, he, in a while. he drives me nuts. I don't know. Dude, he's yeah, big, and he looks fantastic. I don't know if you've seen a picture of him lately. He's on the gas. Guaranteed he's on the, the gas. The, yeah, they call, he calls himself the real one. Uh, he definitely looks phenomenal, too. But I don't know, man. So here's the people. Yeah, just just put him on collision with CM Punk. That'll work out fantastic. No way two of them won't. Oh, they will not they will not coexist. No way. So who are the people that you if you had to pick two people right now that AEW should be pushing right now? I'm saying action Andretti. And I'm also gonna go with uh uh, do I want to say Big Bill's my second one? Um yeah, action Andretti and Big Bill. Who are you who are your Two people as of right now that you think AEW should be pushing more. Yeah, well, the action Andretti, you stole that one on me. You knew full well I was going to go with that one. Uh, give me a second. I got to think about that. I know you're a big Angelico fan, and I know you're a big uh, Anthony Agogo fan in Ari Davari. Oh, yeah, all about that stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I know you're a big that. Serpentico guy and Brandon Cutler guy. And Serpentico doesn't bother me, to be honest with you. They're probably just driving you mental right now. The fact I, that I said that. I can't, I can't. The fact that they're on the roster, it annoys me. Oh, well, could be worse. Wagu del Sol, don't even get me started on yeah. that one either. I'm going to go with uh, Roosh. But I don't mean he's getting some, but it'd be nice to see him get a little more of a push. Okay. Um, Luther. Well, I like Luther. So, I do. Don't you look at me like that. I actually do. Have you ever watched his matches from Japan? I've seen his older stuff. I haven't seen a whole lot. He's 13 and 61 in AEW, and I know he did a lot of his stuff on the, the YouTube shows. But Yeah, I actually don't mind Luther. So, um, uh, Archer, Lance Hoyt. Wow, Lance Hoyt, uh, Lance Archer. Good call on that one. Good I mean, call on that one. Boy, he's, well, I, don't, I, I just don't know what the hell happened. Where's that gone to shit? 
Well, I do know that he has a contract with New Japan and, and uh, New Japan Strong. So I do know that he is still actively working. So he is still under contract with AEW, but he definitely has some stuff that he's doing uh, with them as well. So that doesn't surprise me. No, but you can use him better than once a year in AEW. I agree. That's about all we see him. I'm 100% in agreement with you. When they had him and Jake together, that was fantastic. Well, I think what broke that up was Jake was having a lot of health issues, and then finally Jake did come back from his health issues, um, and they had him just destroying people, but I don't think that uh, really continued, and that's kind of a shame. So, all right. I want to talk to you about this really quickly as well. This seems to be something that is making its rounds in the world of wrestling. WWE is discussing uh, making the third hour of Raw more adult-like. So let me go ahead and let me read you this. Ever since 2012, WWE got paid a significant amount of money to add a third hour for Monday Night Raw. Now, a lot of fans have criticized WWE because the show's too long. And they get a lot of drop-off in their ratings, especially in that third hour. Well, Triple H spoke uh, recently with Stone Cold Steve Austin on his podcast about how difficult it is to do a three-hour show, but it's also hard sometimes to keep people's attention as well. Now, the USA Network had realized recently that WWE, when I say recently, the last several years, that they were going more PG. Well, they've kind of gotten away from the PG most recently, and Nick Khan said that he doesn't expect WWE to ever go away uh, from being a three-hour format. However, they do think that they're going to make it more adult-oriented contact between the hours of 10 p.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, do I think they're ever going to go back completely to the Attitude Era? No, not completely. What do you think about this? Do you think that you can live in both worlds? You can have a PG product or a TV-14, I guess, content, and then go down in the... The divas or the bra and panties again, or the well, that'll never happen again. Maybe. The simulated sex scenes, or I mean, That's do you think won't happen? Again. How far do you HLA? <laughs> hey, don't tell me you don't enjoy all HLA. I uh, listen. That was an Eric Bischoff thing. Um, what do you think about them getting more raunchier as far as between the hours of ten and eleven? Do you think it's a good idea? Yeah, why not? If their ratings are dropping off, you got to do something to generate right. a little extra viewership. But you probably shouldn't have the 12 year olds still watching Raw at 10, 11 o'clock at night. They should be in bed anyway. This is true. So why not? No, it just depends how far they're going to go. Because a lot of the attitude error stuff is never going to happen. It's not going to happen. No. They're TV 14 right now. But people lose their mind if they try to bring some of that stuff back. Like, good Lord. Katie Vick. Well, here's the funny thing. Okay, that was more silly. Like, I don't feel like that was offensive. Katie Vick was way offensive. Say Young making, you know, giving birth to a hand or the Kai and Tai, choppy, choppy, pee pee. Um, that was more comedy. That yeah, was probably a little lowbrow, but but the Katie Vick thing, I don't think you're ever going to live that down. You know, the other thing that they they uh, they did, which I thought was in really poor taste, was the storyline they did with Tim White. Do you remember that? 
Yep. When he was kind of off himself. Correct. In, the suicide was, that was so bad. That was like, yeah, at what point do you, as a performer, whether you're a wrestler or a referee and they sit you down and they say, Hey, this is what we're thinking about doing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like it's yeah. What? <laughs> like, I don't, I, that would that would mess with me. That would not yeah. be okay. But we're we're never going to see that again. No, it's just you can't, and that's not a bad thing. It, it's not really not. But, but so we're never going to see get like that. We're not going to see like your Val Venuses come out. Hello, like ladies. That. But <laughs> that once again, could you imagine trying to pull that off now? No way. There'd be there'd be hell and high water. Yes. So uh, it's just. Could it work? Yes. I'm more. I guess I'd like to know a little more about how far they plan on going with this. Is it that the matches are going to be a little more physical? A little like we're talking chair shots and tables and stuff? Or is it going to be like we're not going to see the Braun Panty matches? That's, no, I don't think we're going to see that. That won't be coming back. Nothing like that. So we're just going to be well, a little more mouth. More than like you know, it'll be saying stuff maybe a little edgier would be my opinion. So all they said be. was, all they said was more adult. I don't even know. I'm I'm trying to read the article here. What they mean by adult? Yeah. So, but there's only so much you can do. And the attitude era would never get over today. No. Most of that stuff you could never do. So I think there'll be more little edgier promos type of thing. You know, maybe like you could never do like the stone cold beer drinking type of thing, but you know, maybe a little more on on that end. You know, mixing alcohol into it a little bit that might be a little edgier. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know because it's just society's changed so much since then, and I just don't know what you would do to consider it adult. Like, would you consider AEW an adult product? Yes. You would? Mm-hmm. Okay, now what would make that more of an adult product versus WWE? The language, the blood, um, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but they're never going to do blood in WWE. They've made that clear. I mean, they just about crucified Brock for her waiting himself again. So I, I doubt they're going to go that route. Yeah, I mean... More scantily clad women? Do you think, or you think that's that's a big negatory? It's touchy. Intended. Would you like to see WWE go more risque or adult? However, that's being yes. Uh, I thought the attitude era was great. It was interesting. I will give it that. It was definitely interesting, mm-hmm. and it definitely drew a lot of fans in. But but you got got to keep in mind how far can you push the envelope. And we talked about this as well. Yeah. You can only push it so far. Because at the end of the day, everybody's seen everything, right? Yep. We've already seen this stuff. Um, I also want to talk about this really quickly. Uh, they're considering right now changing the format of SmackDown to make it a three-hour show as well. Felix Upton from ringsidenews.com is writing in. WWE has a lot of things that are going on right now. Obviously, the Merger with UFC and the new company with Endeavor that is being created as well. But there's speculation right now that WWE may go ahead and extend their widely popular show SmackDown 
to third hour. Um, they've also talked about where they might move the show as well. So they have talked about Amazon. They've talked about another streaming service as well. If they do end up leaving Fox, let me ask you this group right now, or let me ask you this question. Do you think that SmackDown's hot right now? Do you add a third hour to SmackDown? So you have two shows, six hours total. What are, what are, your, what are your thoughts on that? No, leave it at two. Three hours long, troll, Mike. Keep people wanting more, right? Keep I them coming back. I can't sit down and do a three-hour show. I can't sit down for three hours. My ass falls asleep. Right. I've got shit to do. Like, yeah. you know, sleep. And, you know, stuff front house. and No, that's that's too long. You got one show that's three hours, and they're saying the ratings aren't great for the third hour. Why why do that to SmackDown? Why is AEW doing what they're doing? Yeah, fair. No, that's fair. I don't know. I, I wouldn't personally. I'd leave it at two hours. Two hours is a long show to begin with, as well. Think two hours it. is a, yes. Two hours is a long show, and I'm I'm really not really quite sure how long you want to make a show because you want to leave them wanting more. You want to leave them on a cliffhanger. Not to the point where like, holy God, thank God this show's over. I'm just, I'm done. And if you burn people out, then they're not going to want to come back. But if you think about us, you're putting on a movie tonight. You're going to sit down, you're going to watch a movie. Yes. If you're flipping through, okay, whatever, you're going through looking at them on Netflix or Amazon. You see when it's two hours and five minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to say, nope. What's there that's an hour and a half? That's more my speed. I mean, if it's got a good story, I think a two-hour movie is not bad. That's long, Mike. Do you think so? You're you're saying the max for a movie for you is is an hour Uh, and a half. Hour and a half, I like to be at. Yep. No hour and forty, fine. If it gets more than that, I don't know. I just don't have the attention span. I guess. Yeah. I can respect that. How long is it too long for you to watch a movie? Hit us up on social media. I'm at the M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Once again, that is the Mike Freeland. Butster, where can people hit you up at? At G-O-T-N-E-W-F-2291. At Gotnoof2291. Very curious to know what people's thoughts are. If they think Raw should become more edgy and a third hour, and if... SmackDown should go to three hours. So are you a big SmackDown fan? Do you feel like, you know what, I'd really like to have more SmackDown? Or do you think that there is too much right now? And I don't think that that should be happening. Let us know. Love to know what your thoughts are. Um, that's all I got right now. Butster, is there anything else you have that you're, uh, you're thinking right now? No, that's... Think you covered everything, everything I had in my mind, anyhow. By the way, once again, we're just a couple of days away from Under Siege, which is the big pay per view for Impact Wrestling. Giselle Shaw is going to be taking on Trinity, which is going to be a really, really great match. We're going to be seeing Trinity in the ring uh, going against high caliber. For the number one contenders match, you're going to have Moose, Eddie Edwards, Jonathan Gresham, uh, Alex Shelley, Frankie Gazarian, all going. Uh, after the number one contenders match, which is going to be happening for the Impact World Championship. Also, 
for the Impact World Tag Team Championship. It's going to be ABC uh, versus the Subculture with Danny Luna in their corner as well. And for the Impact World Championship, you're going to have a no DQ match. Steve Macklin takes on the French Frankenstein, the Canadian Frankenstein, PCO. Remember, Impact Wrestling is producing Under Siege Live Friday, May 26, 8 p.m. You can find it on Impact Plus, Fight TV, uh, and Wrestling Impact Ultimate Insiders. If you're interested, definitely check them out at Impact Wrestling. You can follow them on all forms of social media at Impact Wrestling. You know what? I'm going to tell you this right now. I think Impact Wrestling is coming on very, very strong. There's a lot of speculation right now of what's going to be happening uh, with Impact Wrestling. And there are some soon-to-be free agents that are going to be potentially maybe moving their way to Impact Wrestling. Not for a long time, for a little time. And I think it's going to be definitely a good thing. So definitely check out uh, Under Siege. I'm going to be checking out the pay-per-view as well. Support my man PCO. I think it's going to be a great pay-per-view. Jeremy Macklin, as we had mentioned. um, Not Jeremy Macklin. What am I? I, Steve Macklin. Steve Macklin, we're big fans of you and I. We, we're in agreement of that, correct? 100%. Yeah. Good dude. That's going to be um, a good show. If anybody it, can tune in and watch that, give it a go. I'm telling you, Impact Wrestling puts on phenomenal shows. Their booking's really good. Their storytelling is really good. Um, obviously, Macklin's probably going to retain, um, but I think it's going to be setting things up for what's going to be happening next which is definitely going to be with uh, the former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis. And then we're just going to probably be getting some more vignettes on what's happening with uh, Josh Alexander and his injury. But who's going to be the number one contender for whoever comes out on top in that match? Could it be Moose? Uh, Could it be Jonathan Gresham? Could it be Alex Shelley? Could it be Frankie Gazarian? Who could the number one contender be? I think that match right there is going to be great. Uh, Giselle Shaw is a great talent in Impact Wrestling. I feel like her and Trinity are going to tear the house down. And then for the World Tag Team Championship, it's going to be really, really good to ABC taking on the subculture. So those are the four main matches. I'm sure there's going to be a little bit more announced before then. But um, Impact Wrestling, do not sleep on Impact Wrestling. I think it's, it's a promotion right now that is sneakily succeeding. Why no one's watching. And then everyone is going to say, man, you catching what they're doing? And you should be catching what they're doing because Scott DeMore is doing a great job. Um, oh, I almost forgot. They have announced the release date for the AEW uh, video game, uh, Fight Forever. Well, when and is it? Have you seen any of the clips, any of the, the still images on uh, Twitter? No. Go to Twitter right now, and there are some still images where there is a ton of blood. A ton of blood. It it just looks intense. I mean, the graphics look phenomenal. I'm, I'm going to say that. They've taken a long time to finally get this video game produced and get it out there, but it... It looks great. I don't know how much it's going to cost. I'm sure it's not going to be cheap. Um, I'm probably going to say 50, 60 range. I could be way off on that. That's not bad. Would you buy it? Oh, yeah, for sure. Nice. Oh, my Lord. Do you, are you seeing it? Yeah. The, um, 
looks like Orange Cassidy and Jericho. Yes, they're going at it. The other one is uh, Ruby and Akira Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, Lord love a duck. That's a slaughter. It is. It's really interesting. Really interesting. I I would definitely. I don't see. I don't even have a gaming console, but I would buy a gaming console, uh, just for that one. I have a PS5. I haven't turned on in over a year. Holy cow! Yep. I should turn that on. I absolutely. I would. Life gets busy, Mike. It does. Like, you're right. Things come first, and then I say. No, I'm gonna sit down and play my game, and my do. If something, can we hook that up to the internet and play against each other? That's how little I know about video games. Yeah, you can play against each other online. We're gonna have to do that. Um, if you're wondering how much the video game is gonna cost itself, so obviously once it's released, uh, Target's gonna be selling it in the states for fifty nine ninety nine. Uh, it's fifty nine ninety nine all the way across. So Walmart, GameStop. Uh, here in the States, so $60 prior to tax is what you're looking at. But I think it's definitely going to be uh, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be coming out June 29th. All right, my friend. We started late because of me, and I appreciate you hanging with me and uh, being so gracious. So, Butster, it's always fun talking to you. Always good to see you and send my best to the missus. And uh, have a great rest of your week. You as well. And uh, what should everybody not do? Don't be a scumbag. Don't be a scumbag. Be a half-decent person. Be a half Amen to that. Don't be a scumbag. Guys, it's so much fun doing this show for you. If you know any wrestling fan who would enjoy this show, definitely go ahead and tag them on social media and give them the link as well. Also, keep in mind this podcast is absolutely free anywhere you find any of your fine podcasts. FM Player, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, uh, Lisbon has its own media player as well, and you can go ahead and find that and play that. Also, we are... Uh, in conjunction with the Pesky Podcast, which is a great Major League Baseball podcast. Guys, the boys of summer are back, and the Pesky Podcast is run, operated, and hosted by the executive producer of this show. It is The Rit. He's talking all things Boston Red Sox, American League East as well. There's also going to be some other teams that are going to be joining uh, his stable of baseball podcasts. So continue to follow them and continue to follow the Pesky Podcasts, which once again is on social media, which is on Twitter as well, at the Pesky Podcast. And you can also find them and subscribe to their YouTube channel, which you can catch all of their videos up there as well. They are clicking with all these subscribers. And uh, definitely share with a friend if they like baseball. Definitely tell him to check out the Pesky Podcast, which is brought to you by the Ritzer himself. All right, but it's been good. It's been fun. It's been awesome. Guys, I thank you as well. We will catch you on the next episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material Brand. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material Brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. 